So we have this really fun exercise that we do with the missionaries. The idea is just to come to a greater knowing and appreciation for who this person is, not just to figure them out, you know, not just to put them into a box, because we all know the frustration of being put into a box. More it's about opening the box. People of Christian City, people of every, everywhere around the world, this is David Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. <laughs> just talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human, part two of our series, The Power of Being Present. I am your host, Blake, with my co-host. Hi, I'm Shayla, and I'm very excited for today's topic. Yeah, but before we dive into it, um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone who has joined us this Advent. So we have a fun match going on right now um, where every person who joins our mission with a monthly gift we end up giving a blanket to someone in need. So that means you join our known and loved community by making a monthly gift by December 31st, and we'll be able to hand out one of these um, nice fleece blankets. We've, we've already had quite a few people um, join us, and our missionaries have been able to hand some of them out, and they've definitely been very well received um, from our friends on the street. So I felt them myself. They're super warm, great big Christmas red blankets, and they've definitely been a hit out on the streets. So thanks to everyone who has already joined us in this initiative. And yeah, the missionaries just have had a lot of fun with handing them out. So if you want to follow them handing them out, you can also check that out on our social media. And for those who haven't um, joined us yet, there's still time to help us reach our Christmas goal. It's one of the most effective ways that you can support us in this mission um, by making a small monthly commitment. So thank you to everyone who's already helped us. And you can also find that donate link in the podcast uh, description below. Yeah, and we are back with Jeff and Anya who gave us their wisdom and description last week. And to begin, we're just going to start with a little recap of that topic last week of listening to understand rather than listening to respond. Yeah, we introduced the role of a formator and what Jeff and Anya do here at Christ in the City. Blake, do you remember those tips that we talked yeah, about? Yeah, so Anya and Jeff, you guys discussed a lot, right? Being present, just sitting there, taking time to be with someone and also remembering that sometimes you don't have to have the words, right? Similar to just that Mary and John at the foot of the cross, that you can just be there and that is okay, that presence. And then you challenge us big time uh, with those two practical tips or challenges, Anya, yours of not worrying about what you're going to say next when you're listening to someone, which I know can be tough. It, it, even as we sit here and record this podcast, it is so hard not to do. And Jeff, just finding something to delight in them was your uh, suggestion. Yeah, I just love that the tip of delighting in the person in front of you. And I think it actually segues into today's topic pretty seamlessly because we're talking about listening like a child and what that really means. And I think we can all think of a few children in our life that truly have this joy for life and just this this curiosity about them of and how to truly, yeah, 
relish in the person in front of them, relish in the people in front of them. Absolutely. And when you think of a child, right, when we think of the power of being present, as an adult, I'm just always thinking into the future, reflecting on the past. So tough for me to just be, right, be Mm -hmm. present in the conversation. My mind's wandering. I'm daydreaming. And I think children, we all know, are big dreamers, right? We've all seen kids play. But when they meet people, they have this curiosity towards the other that it is something that just makes you feel loved. And I think, Anya, what can you think of? I mean, you have many younger siblings. Like, there's so many stories that can be shared about this curiosity. Definitely. I have a sister who's quite a few years younger than I am. She probably is like 12 years younger, I think. But I remember very clearly one time when we were in the grocery store, she was probably about four or five at the time. We were just kind of going around, grabbing the things that were on our list And we passed by this man wheeling around in a motorized wheelchair. And I kind of, you know, was just very busy with my list, trying to grab stuff from the shelves. And she stopped in the middle of the aisle and just looked at me and was like, what happened to that man? And I was was so embarrassed. And I, I was like, oh, he must feel so bad that we're looking at him. And I... I was like, come on, let's go, and just ushered her into a different aisle. But I think her her disposition was just curiosity. It was sheer curiosity, and there was no malintent. There was no judgment that she was bringing to the table. And I think that is a large part of what children can teach us. They often don't have all of these additional lenses that they're seeing things with. It's just this wide-eyed wonder. And I was the one who was thinking he must be so ashamed and he must feel so annoyed at us that we're talking about him. But it was all things that I was kind of projecting or bringing to the situation that she had none of. She was, she just wanted to know his story and she just wanted to get to know him. And I just, I couldn't accept that almost in a way. She, she didn't have something like written down about him in her mind, or she didn't have this idea of what she thought that he was. And she was willing to just let that story sort of develop over time that picture to be painted Um, and I was the one who had already kind of developed this concept of him and was not willing to look at it again if that makes sense I love that yeah what comes to mind to me is a, a story about one of my nieces and her being the first to discover that I was missing a button on one of my jackets mm. and she was just encountering my jacket in a way that no one else around me were <laughs> we were all thinking about way more important things right and she was actually delighting in like the the beauty of this this navy jacket with gold buttons and she was counting the buttons and then she realized I was missing a button on one of the sides and I was like dang it I didn't think anyone was ever going to discover that and she got it she's like wait a minute one two three why are you missing one on this side mm. and I was like ah you got me <laughs> <laughs> and it, as you say that I Look at our missionaries. When we approach the homeless, we very much teach our missionaries to have this curiosity, right? We go to the homeless and train our missionaries and ourselves to know there's so much more to this person and the depth of their story we may never fully understand. And some and we just sit there and let it unfold. But sometimes we kind of struggle doing that in the community at Christ in the city, right? It's so easy on the streets to wonder and have this childlike curiosity. And in the house, our experts are the formators, right? Anya and Jeff, you two right here, you are the experts of this childlike curiosity. 
listening to the whole person, but also just being with that whole person. And how do you instill this in the missionaries and or even how do you use this in your interactions with them? So yeah, using the word expert, Blake, that just that makes it really difficult for me because I like what to this is all about. <laughs> it's intimidating because really what it means to be an expert formator is to actually have a beginner's mindset, is to really view things, take away kind of those filters, those first kind of impressions, those judgments, those categories that we, oh, we have these types of people that we know and, oh, you're that type of person, you know, but it's really saying, I really know very little about the mystery of the human being and I'm going to have a lot to learn here. So we have this really fun exercise that we do with the missionaries. The first couple months that they're here, we do this exercise with them. And what it consists of is basically we put our names in a hat, we draw names, and everyone is assigned to one of their fellow missionaries that's in the same small group to follow them around, so to speak, or observe them with this childlike curiosity that we've been talking about to say, okay, you've had initial first impressions of this missionary, but step back from this, be curious about what this person does, what their habits are. You know, maybe it's things like you notice they like their coffee black, or you notice that they're kind of quiet at lunchtime, or to maybe um, going a little bit deeper, not just to the external things that you see, but like, well, if this person doesn't talk at, at lunch, is it because they're shy? Is it just because they're tired that time of day? And it, it might sound kind of crazy, creepy, stalkerish, but <laughs> the idea is just to come to a greater knowing and appreciation for who this person is, just making space for them. So when you decide, I'm just going to observe this person, you're creating like a space for them to exist in that's allows them to unfold as they unfold and just being present to that and observing and so they'll come back the next week and they'll kind of share these observations. And the reactions are, are very different, but sometimes there's a sense of being known that's like, whoa, you know me too well, it's kind of intimidating. But there is this kind of knowing that's like, wow, I feel really known. And there's a lot of missionaries that have, that have kind of been moved to tears after like, I can't believe you like noticed that about me. You know, you know and that's, that's true and no one's really... I haven't even kind of realized that about myself, you know. And so you can kind of create this space to kind of get to know them in a little deeper level and not not just to figure them out, you know, not just to put them into a box because we all know the frustration of being put into a box. More it's about opening the box. The more it's about you can only love what you know. And so if you can come to know this person a little bit deeper, not only can you give them that experience of being known, but you can also know, how can I love this person more deeply? And without judgment, right? I, I just think of that, and I think of all the preconceived judgments we have, and even I, I bet the missionaries had about each other, right, that we have when we walk up to a homeless person for the first time, you know, what, how do they look? How do they dress? What are we trying to figure out about them? You know, and rightfully so, that's that's human nature, right? That, that's how we've made it this far, and and learn to survive. But at the same time, that curiosity with a lack of judgment, and Jeff, that sounds what it is. It's just a total lack of judgment and just almost this total, like, I want to be surprised by like them in a whole new light. Yeah. And actually to add on to that 
I think I just want to tease out this idea a little more of this, this judgment. I think to go even more into the nitty gritty, I think the judgment leads to an expectation. And that is really what causes us to bring all of these things, all of these um, sort of preconceived notions to the table. It's not so much that we're constantly judging people always, but I'm wondering, I think it's more, there's a one-time judgment and that leads to an expectation that is applied to every situation after that. Mm -hmm. And so the idea behind the curiosity, especially for an adult, someone who's already formed these expectations is to simply let them go. A child is curious because they don't have anything else to fill that, to fill that space almost. They don't have these judgments or expectations, but for an adult, the idea of curiosity, it, it requires that you let the expectations go. It's almost being open to the possibility of allowing reality to defy your expectations. Anya, that is something that just, I think, when we go to the streets, that's the best way to approach the poor, right? And it, it reminds me of something that the formators actually told me when I was a missionary, and it was just remembering that this person on the street corner, this human being, when you look at them, remember that there is beauty in them, right? The presence of God, beauty greater than the mountains. You know, we're in Denver, so the formators were encouraging me, like, look at the mountains and then look at that person. And that person has more beauty. That person has than the greatest sunset. Than the, than the greatest mountain range. Yet when I look at that person, I struggle with that. I have to remind myself so much that that human being is more than meets the eye, right? That I can, there is no judgment to be had in that way. And that's something that, my goodness, that can be tough in community for the missionaries. I, I imagine like, yeah, Jeff, what's some of the feedback when they get back, you know? I think the most touching experience is the experience of being known by fellow community members of being known by somebody of like, wow. Yeah. No one's ever said that to me before. No one has ever noticed that about me before. And so there's this deep sense of being known, but it's also in how they present their observations. Right. And so one of these guys just went over the top that I mentioned, uh, in doing this SpongeBob videos. So you had to spend I mean, there were 50 slides of different SpongeBob clips to describe like different aspects of this guy. And he said, but the reason I did that, the reason I went so over top is because I noticed that you do this so often for other people. And I realized that you really want people to do this for you. And he just, (laughs) how do you respond to that? You just left the guy in tears, you know, and uh, so beautiful. Jeff, how, when it comes to that exercise specifically, um, do you think it's more so for, um, you know, the people who are doing the studying of the other person, or do you think it's more so for the people who are being, you know, studied, who are, who are, um, being looked after throughout the week? That's a, that's, that's tough to say. (laughs) I think it's beneficial for both. Both are trying to cultivate this virtue, right. Of like a childlike vision of the other, Mm. but both are having this experience of being known on a new level. And so, Gosh, it's hard to say who wins. 
how would you either, um, Jeff or Anya, how would you suggest doing this in a way with other people in your life when you might not even talk about what, what you've noticed or, and what, what would be the purpose? What would be the greater purpose for that? Yeah, I think we're constantly making sort of analyzations or painting this sort of picture, so to speak, to continue this analogy in our minds. And I think it saves us a lot of time in the long run, um, in a sense, because then every time we talk to this person, we don't have to constantly restructure the way we think about them. We have these past experiences and we can just bring them to every encounter, every meeting we have with the person afterwards or every person we perceive to be like them. And I think a big part of sort of changing this mindset is almost relearning the way that we think about people, being willing to leave behind these these pictures we've painted and being willing to put in the effort to repaint them. And for someone that you do delight in, for someone you find things about them that you love, that you that you cherish, it's not, it's not a chore. It's almost something you want to do. You don't want to be stuck in these, in these pre-configured notions of them. And so it's almost something you want to do for them out of love. It's just every time you meet them, be willing to have this way that you think about them rewritten and rewritten in a more beautiful way each time. And so I think if that's the main thing really is being rooted in this mindset of looking at them with the full dignity of the person that they are, the person that they are created to be. And that takes the obligation out of it. And it almost makes it into something that you want to do, you desire to do because, because you value them as a person. I think there's something to gain in this new way of just realizing that I'm a beginner. The persons around me, even that I've known for years are still very mysterious. And there's so many other persons out there that are, there's a whole world out there. So to just become children again, to kind of become beginners, there's so much to gain and our life becomes so much richer. Our life becomes so much more entertaining and, and delightful. Jeff, that is so insightful. Would any of you guys like to just give one like practical tip, maybe share some practical tips on how to do this? First tip that comes to mind for me is Think of somebody, maybe it's somebody you've lived with your whole life, maybe it's a good friend, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's someone who's new to your life, but you've formed some initial judgments, maybe it's somebody a little bit more complicated or just difficult for you to get along with. Just choose that person and say, okay, going into this holidays, I'm going to just observe this person. And secondly, I, that doesn't mean you need to like, hey, look, I've observed all these things about you. You know, that might be a little bit weird, right? But with that new gained appreciation for the person, find a way to love them. If you notice that they like their coffee black, you know, ask if you can get them a coffee and bring it to them. No, or if you know exactly how they like something, you know, you can kind of anticipate something that they might want or long for or something that's difficult for them. You might anticipate by doing that for them or helping giving them a hand with that. It's just a stepping stone into being able to love more deeply. And I think we, we haven't said it up to this point, but at Christ in the City, we have these virtues that we cherish so closely. And this is the virtue that we call reverence. And normally when we think of reverence, we think of just things in church, things of God, things of, you know, like sacredness. 
we are talking about sacredness here, right? But there is this reverent way of viewing reality. And maybe you can just choose to be reverent with one person. Yeah, I think probably what Jeff said is one of the easiest ways to practice this virtue or one of the most practical ways in a sense. I think, too, if you're spending time with family members over the holidays, whether that's nieces, nephews, maybe little cousins, if there are any kids that you'll be spending time with, just take take a few hours or even just 30 minutes and take a minute to pause and learn from them, whether that's playing a game with them or just having a conversation with them. And just being willing to allow them to open your eyes to their way of seeing reality and the world around them and the joy and curiosity that go with that. Because I think we, we do have a lot to learn from these kids. Oh, thank you, guys. That, those are really awesome tips. I'm actually excited to use those myself um, with my own friends and family. But yeah, very encouraging just to begin again in the relationships I've already been building my whole life. Just to begin again and maybe take a new angle, maybe look a little bit longer or a little bit um, deeper to, to see the people in front of me. From all of us here at Christ in the City, your family here in Denver, uh, so glad you're with us and can't wait to bring Anya and Jeff back for part three. Thanks, everyone. See you in two weeks. Mother Teresa, one of our patrons, would say, if I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one -on -one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities, seminarians in small groups across the country doing Christ in the City-style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, exclusive videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms. And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. Again, check us out more at ChristInTheCity.org. God bless you.